0: So the topic of this year is um, Torah Shalom Lishma, right? learning, to- learning Torah for the wrong reasons. Uh, but I wanted to, um, right, usually, right, we, we're all uh, socialized into the centrality, legitimately into the centrality of learning Torah Lishma, uh, right, whatever, our motive, whatever our, we define Lishma as. And Lishma is a fairly vague term. Um, some of you are probably familiar with Rabbi Lam's book on Rachael Belezhen's notion. Of Torah Lishma and the discussion of whether the notion of Torah Lishma developed by Rachaim Belajin is analogous to what Chazal meant by Torah Lishma. If you haven't read Rabbi Lam's book, I recommend it. Um, it seems to me that rather than defining Lishma, which is which um, directly, which generally has not been a tremendous success uh, intellectually in Jewish tradition, that it might be better to go at it by trying to define Torah Shalom Lishma, and whatever is left is Lishma. Okay, so that's what we're going to try and do um, for starters tonight. And I hope that out of that will come some really important lessons about the nature of religiosity in general. So we're going to start with the Gemara in Tanis, Tav right? Tanya we learned in Ebrisa. Hayar avivina'a Omer, um would say, Kol sek lishma, teratona seit lo Right? Anybody who engages in Torah in this undefined sense, lishma, and I'm not going to define lishma, um, right? So the Torah becomes for them an elixir of life. Okay? And he quotes the Pasuk that we would expect to be cited in that context. Shne'emar, <speaking in Hebrew> Eitz Chayim Ba. Alright? It's a tree of life. Right? That's a, an image of Torah that we're all very comfortable with. Um, of course, when we say Eitz Chayim Hila Ba, so on the one hand, it means a tree of life that's very nice and good, right? The Tai Chi. So if you don't know, where right, That's what Tai Chi means. It means Eitz <speaking> Chayim. <in Hebrew> um, <laughs> <but laughs> Um, but um, where, but obviously it has to it has to resonate with you from where right where does where does the eighth chaim come from? where, where does that where does the image of an etz come from? From Gan Eden. Okay, so we learn right first of all right we have an identification of Torah with the etz chaim in Gan Eden. Okay, that's not at all surprising religiously. That's right. That's what we, where we we say etz chaim in the ba. Right, if only Adam Rishon had learned Torah before he sinned. Right, then everything, right, everything, would have been, everything would have been different. Problem, as we'll get to perhaps in the end, is so God threw him out of Gan Eden so he couldn't learn Torah? Right, if Torah is the Yitzchayim, it's a little bit problematic, right? If, right, why would, we, why, would we, why would we need to restrain? Uh, right, why would we need to restrain human beings from learning, right, from learning Torah if that's what the Yitzchayim is? But we'll bracket that question for now. Okay, then we have a somewhat surprising um, second statement, which is the "Veholosek b'Torah shalolishma." But anybody who is involved in Torah, not lishma, and again, no definition, naaseit losam hamoves. Right, the Torah becomes for them a draw of death. Okay, that we don't really expect, and the truth is that we don't have a really great proof text for this either. Right? how do we do it? Shnaimar Yarov Kamatarliksi, which um, reads, you all know, is from the beginning of Haazinu. And the probably in terms of chat does not mean that uh, right, that my that my words will break necks like rain. Right? If, if you were asked to translate Hazina you know, like what, the opening of Oshrabeda's poem, that's probably not right, that's probably not what he means. But the Gemara says, no, here we're gonna translate Aroth by a parallelism in El Hariga, Shinamara Et at Banachal. Okay, so Torah is life, and that we have a great plastic for, and Torah is death, for which we have a, stri- you know, a fairly large drush, and you have to ask yourself, what motivates this drusha? Right, why are people forced to go to such great lengths? to? Con- right? Why do they want to go to such great lengths to construct an image of Torah as deadly? Okay, and um, then what I would say is to um, sort of complete the circle. On Prophet Yudzainam and Aleph, um, we have a Gemara which distinguishes between l'osim l'ishma, sh'lo shalolishma. In this shear, we're going to bracket the distinction between, until the very end, we may get to it, between Torah and mitzvot and whether there's a difference between between Torah and maaseh. We're going to assume that whatever applies to Torah applies to maaseh and vice versa, or at least that all makorot about maaseh, l'ishma and shalolishma, apply to mitzvot as well. Okay, we could have a long discussion of whether that's true or not. That's a longer shear. But I, I think that I can justify that by finding you parallel Gemaras or manuscript variants in every case, which will apply, which will distinguish, which will um, conflate, Masa and mitzvah. But if you have that question, it's a good question, and we could have an email correspondence about whether it's justified or not. Um, okay. So Lo Sim Lishma, Lo Lo Sim Lishma, Vehola No And anybody who, read, who for our sake purposes learns Torah not Lishma would have been better not to have been created. Now, that's a fascinating image. Right? Better not to have been created. Now, what, what, where do you think that image comes from? Why do we use that image? Right, yeah? Yes? Okay, it takes us back to Gaiden again. Right, It means, right, uh, right, it means that we're going back to the purpose of creation. Um, right, so, in one sense, Torah is the thing which it se- which is at the center of the Gaim, which seems to be perhaps the purpose of creation. At the same time, we said if you learn Torah Shalolishma, right, so then all of creation was purposeless. Oh, do we have not, are we not using the same set? Uh-oh. Pardon me. Oh, do I have an old set? Okay, let me use, let me use your... Um, right? Okay, we gave out this set, not the not the full set. You don't have the full set. You do? Some people have the full set, some have the short set. Can we try and? Uh, so we, right. So we have two sources, right? One Tanit Daf Zayin and one Brachot Daf am and Aleph, which um right, which both of which bring the learning of Torah back to Gan Eden. One describes Torah Lishma as the Eitz Chaim, and Torah Shlo as the Sama Mavet. And one which describes um, learning shalolishma as noach lo shalo nivra, which seems, to, again, to bring us into Ganitev. Okay. So I want to um, try and give you a, what may be drush, or maybe a pshat, in Beresh to explain what motivates Chazal. Okay, and these are not the only places where these images show up. What motivates Chazal for describing to, right, to go out of their way to construct images of Torah as deadly? So if you take a look at what on this, the short sheet is source number 6, and on the long sheet is source number 3, all uh, right, we have two uh 6 and 7 and 3 and 4. We have two psocids from front Okay, one is by smakhashim lokim min hadam ko it's mehmad lamarev etovlamakha. By etra khayim hypodres for the redundancy. betokhagan. By And the second psocid is by tumari shalanakhash. We create agan nokhar. Um we create etra shev betokhagan marlokim. Or tokhlumimenev lotikubo dent pentamiton. Okay, who can tell me what the contradiction in those two verses is? Or at least the difficulty, right, in reconciling those two verses. Uh okay. You touch and you Yudai very good, except what did how do we know that the Chaim, that it's the Eitzachaim that you touch the die? Good. Right, so the question, right, one of the fun topics the titles I sometimes used this year is how many trees were at the center of Eden? Uh, right, because on the one hand, right, because in the, um, right, in Breshet Bet Tet, it says, Ve'etz ha-chayim gan Okay, and then in Breshet Gimel Gimel, so Chava says, We'll be pre ha asher beto gan So first of all, Chava identifies there as being only one tree. ha asher beto gan And we know from, um, right, from Breshet Bet Tet, that the tree at the center of the garden is the Eitz chayim So how do we reconcile that? Right. How, can, how can the Eitz HaChayim be the, right, be the tree with which, if you touch it, now Chava adds if you touch it, right? But if you eat it, how can that be the tree which kills you? In B'Reshit Bet it says, the HaChayim Beto Chagan. So which tree is Beto Chagan? The Eitz And When Chava talks to Nachash, she says, God told us if you eat the tree, which is Beto you'll die. But the tree which is Beto is the tree of life. Okay, so how do we reconcile this? Simplest answer, right, which, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. What's your name? Right? Alana. Alana, Cause that, that one you can do on tape for. Uh, right, is that there's only one tree. Okay, now, right, which means that, if we, that we should read Breshid Ted as an apposition. beto chagan, which is Ve'etah das Now, if I were to ask you, in everyday life, how do you know, where do you learn Tov and Ra from? As a good from Jew. Where do you learn Tov, right? How do you get your definitions of Tov and Ra? Ezadat. <inaudible> good, What's the Ezadat? Reynes Hatil <inaudible> of Nechem, Tachayim, Veta Tov, Veta Novet, Veta Right? The associations are clear, right? How do we know, right? What are we supposed to, how do we examine what's Tov and what's Ra? do we evaluate that? What we, What book do we read? Torah. Torah. Good. Right, so obviously, when you think about it, the etz Das tovura has to be Torah, and we know the etz chayim is Torah. Right, so what Chazal are saying is that right, that obviously there's only one tree, and that one tree obviously is Torah, and then we have to explain, right, why is it that Torah is both the etz chayim and the etz amavet. And the answer to that is that you can learn Torah in two ways: you can learn Torah lishma, or you can learn Torah not lishma. If you, learn, if you learn Torah Lishma, then it's the Eitz And if you learn Torah not lishma, then it's the Eitz HaMavet. Okay, the reason that Chazal's imagery of the Sam HaMavet all calls, sends you back to Gan Eden, is to tell you that ultimately, that ultimately there's only one tree, and the Eitz HaChayim, the Eitz HaDat right, which is the Eitz, of course, that gives you death, are the same tree. Okay, You take that as sort of the organizing metaphor of this shir, it'll take us a while to get back to it. But I want you to keep that in mind, that notion, right? That ultimately, what drives Chazal here is their recognition that there is no possibility, possible ident- identification of the Etz Tovarah Tovera other than Torah. How else could you learn Tov and Ra? Right. Connect that to the textual problem, right? Which is there's only one Etz right? And you come up with that there have to be two kinds of Torah, or at least two kinds of ways of learning Torah. Yes. I well, we know that, right? It says, right? God, sa- "Right, God says that." Right? We know where death comes from in the Garden story, right? Death comes from being the Eitz does. Yeah, I guess I just mean like conceptually. Right. Ah, why is now? Well, so that's a correct. Right, that's a, that's a, right, that's, a, right, that's an excellent question, right? Which we would translate, in the purpose of our share is why would one object to learning Torah Shlomlishma? Right. Right, because we now identify right, the itz, right, Torah becomes the Etam of it if you learn it Shlo l'shma. That's what I'm arguing is the right is the point of right is the point of Chazal here. So now we have to ask the question: What's wrong with learning Torah Shlo l'shma? Shouldn't we, after all, say Shlo um, Right, we all grew up saying that. Right, that's the, right. That's your question. Yeah. I I just don't see how. Okay, so the question, right, so let me, I'm going to try and translate the question one more way, and we'll see, right? Which, um, in a certain sense, your question is, you know, is the really deep question, which is, why, does, why is knowledge ever dangerous? Right, which is the Ramah's question in the beginning of the Mora, right? Why would God not want human beings to have knowledge? Right, and the answer, I would argue, is that knowledge as such is not dangerous, but knowledge acquired for the wrong purposes um, is dangerous, and knowledge is not necessarily good. Okay, so the yeah, answer. yeah. That's what I'll take say for now. At the end, of, right? We'll see all these, all these attempted definitions and see if they work. Okay. So stage one, okay, right, is that there's only one tree because there's only one Torah, <laughs> uh, right? And that Torah can be learned lishma, in which case it's the Eitz or not lishma, in which case it is the Eitz Mavet. Okay. With that, we can now go into with that organizing metaphor. We can now go into the uh, back into the rabbinic world and uh, analyze this halachically. Question? Yeah, just um. In Bereshit, something about the tree. the tree of knowledge. Right. right. It sounds like. We're yeah, the simplest way of understanding it. What I'm arguing is that because of the contradiction, Chazal understood it as apposition, right? That they understood the vi as right, which is. Is it shot? That's a. You know, that's a. Question beyond me. My argument is just that that's what that's what underlies the midrash. Okay, you know, uh, whether you find it convincing as chat or not is not my issue. And to do that, we have to give a separate shirat um chat. That I'll have occasion to do it at some point. They don't really like the notion very much. Um, okay. So um, right. So right. So now we have a really clear, uh, re- a really clear linguistic distinction at least, which is we know that there's Torah Sholishma and Torah. We don't know what they mean, but at least we know as language, right, as, as linguistic terms that they're divisible, and one of them is good and one of them is bad. The problem with this is that we have the Gemara in Psachim, right, source number two or five, depending which you have, which says, Rava Rami, Rava posed the contradiction, and right, the Psachim are identical contexts. How, how can it be both Adshemayim and Me'al Shemayim? Okay, so we have here two statements which don't seem quite so compatible with the notion that learning is a of it, or a better, better not to have been warned since Rav Amrav encourages it. And not only does he, right, and you can say he encourages it, he even says, right? That it read right, that it merits a certain amount of divine grace, not the same amount of divine grace as Torah, as Torah Lishma, but a significant amount, right? So obviously, we have a contradiction, right? Now, right? We we resolved the we resolved the the issue about how Torah can be both life and death. It's a question of motive, but now we have a contradiction within the notion of learning not Lishma. right? Is it? Noachlo shlo or is it the alami Sokadam mitzvot lishma balishma and kigerol ad shemayim chastecha. So this question bothered just about all the Rishonim, okay, just about all the Rishonim, okay, and the solution that just about at least all the um, all the the Tosefistic Rishonim, and being good Tosefist, so what do you do when you have a contradiction? A you find a distinction, right? You create no kempta. Right, you say, "Oh, that's talking about that kind of, that kind of sholo l'shma, and that's talking about that kind of shloleshma." So actually, we end up with three different kinds of Torah, right? There's Torah shlo, there's Torah lishma, which is really good. There's there's Torah shloleshma A. We'll call it good shloleshma, which is not so bad, not so good. And there's Torah shloleshma B, which is really bad. Okay. Um, now we know, in our metaphor, we know that. Um, the Eitz Chaim is Torah Lishma, and the Eitz Mavet Eisa Adas, is Torah Shlolishma B, and Torah Shlolishma A. We have a bit of a problem because it doesn't have a tree. Okay, and that's getting right. Let's leave that as the first problem. If I'm right that the organizing metaphor for Chazal is right, is is that? So then, all approaches which attempt to resolve this contradiction by distinguishing between two kinds of Sholishma don't fit the metaphor. Okay, but let's try and see what the responses are, and see how you understand them, and whether they convince you. Okay, on whatever terms. Okay, so the first, the first one that we're going to look at, um, and for those of you who have the full sheet, so there's a, a, a code, which I guess I should have, I was going to say in the sheet, I didn't realize you had it in the set is that everything in bold, everything in bold refers to Torah Shalishma B, the bad kind, and everything underlined refers to Torah Shalishma A, um, the good kind. Okay, that's a visual cue. Right, if you find something that I'm saying difficult, then you should go back and look it up later and see if I interpreted those Rishonim correct, correctly. But that's the, um, right, that's the way you have a visual organization for the material. Okay, so we start with, um, for me, with, uh, this is only on the long sheet, there's a uh, position of the Maram Chalava uh, on Tzachim Nunamatez. And he says, right exactly what we want him to say, Tartish Shlolishma Ika. Okay, there are... Two, right, there are two kinds of Shloli Okay, Shloli A, the good kind, is avid me'ahava v'yira O'lodas oladas ha-Torah Okay, if you engage, if you learn out of love or fear, Okay, or to know the wisdom of Torah, that's good, that's A. Avala'osik li'hisgadir u'lekantir Noach lo'shlo'nivrah Okay, if, you, if those of you who have pens, it would be good idea to start keeping notes in columns. Um, okay, so column A... Right, good Shlishma that Av of or Das Khachmasatura, column B is Lhisgadir Ulakantir. So Lihisgadir we have no idea what that means. Okay, right? It's fame there's a famous uh, rabbinic idiom, right, from Rebbe, right, Makam i Nikhlonallah Vosane L bo. Okay, we don't know what that means either. Um so right, so I leave I leave the question of what Lihitgadir means, right? Li- the best translation we have there is space to become great. And lekanter is to tear other people down. Okay, so we'll, if you want, you can guess that litgader means to make yourself great. I'm not going to put that much weight on it because I don't think we really know how to translate the word. At least I don't. Okay. Uh, but ave yiris is certainly good and so is the Das Torah. Okay, so now we have, right, we know right? we know we have three kinds of learning. Okay, there's lishma. Uh, then there's ava mi'irah, which is not lishma, but good shul lishma. Similarly, das chachmas And then there's the Lakanta which is bad. Okay. Tosas Arash, in Megillah, das chachem base, says, uh-oh, guess what? The mineme ava mi'irahim. Right? Ava mi'irah, which we just put in category A, that's got to split. Right? There's ava schar there's ava, vi'iras onesh. Okay, there's, uh, there's love of reward and fear of punishment. That's bad. That really goes into category B. Uh, then there's love and fear of God. That goes into category A. Okay, your issue, right, your decision as to whether the Maram Chalava would agree with that, when he said Ava did he really mean only Ava Samalka Meira sam-el-ka, or did he mean Ava, ava Scharin Yeris Onesh? If he meant Ava and Yeris Onesh, that means that we have a Machlokas. Right, as to whether learning, lear, learning, out of, learning out of love or fear of punishment, is considered the type A, which you should engage in, or type B, which you should not. Okay, Tosfos um, in Tosus uh, in Sota, however, says, uh, "This is Tosfos Sota Chaf Beis Says, "What's the good Sholishma? Kigalon miyuras Yisurin l'mayavas kibul pras." Right. So the good Shlodeshma is Avas, Schar, and Yeres, Which is exactly what the um, which is exactly what the Tzatzas HaResh right, said was the bad Shlodeshma. Okay, so we're right, following in order, right? So the Maram Chalava said Ava blank, that's good. The Tzatzas comes along and says no, only some kinds of avamira are good, other kinds are bad. The and sota comes along and says, oh, the kind of avamira the Udra said was bad? I think that's good, right? That he thinks are people, right? People who learn Torah not intending to keep it. That's the bad shlolishma. Okay, that brings us to what's source number three on the um, on the on the short sheet tells us in brochos daf aleph. So he says the Mayri, Okay, what's the good shlolishma? Uh, sorry, what's the bad shlolishma? el Bad shlulishma is to tear people down. No argument about that so far. The Hasam, but the Good Shlolishma is shalomid almanas she Okay, is to learn so that people will uh, so that people will respect you. Okay, that's the good shlolishma. Um okay. there are other definitions of the good shlolishma. Um, the Van just says it means any anything other than becoming right making yourself great. Um, except that we started off by saying that um, maybe... Okay, so let's start here, because we're, we're confined, right? The Toses and first said, right, that the good sholishma is so that they will respect you. The Rivavan says the good sholishma is not so as you will be, become great. That might or might not be a contradiction. Tosis and Psachim, right, we're back on the sheet again, number four, um, says, the V'omiri, the right, that's the bad sholishma, Okay, the bad shalishmah is if you um, if you're wanting to be arrogant to cut other people off, and you're not learning for the sake of doing. But he says over here, what's the good shalishmah? Okay, here he says the, right, the good shalishmah is if you learn with no evil purpose at all, <coughs> the only reason you learn is because it's better than getting a job. Okay, right? It's fun to find this in an evil text, right? That there were, were already people who engaged in learning only because it was better um, It was better than getting a job. Okay, so let's try... It is, by the way. Uh, <laughs> in case you're wondering. The, um... The, um... Alright, so let's try and see if we can line up all the or at all the A's and B's. Okay, we know that learning Torah learning Torah sort to of tear other people down, everyone agrees that's bad. Right, everyone agrees that's bad. But what kind of Torah can we unequivocally say is not Lishma but still good? Avaskar Yuras Onesh? Nope. That's controversial. Amenashi Chabadu, well, Amenashi Chabadu tells us Prochas Yisayatim Aleph said, gee, that's a great thing, but um, probably all of you are aware of the, um, right, of the mission of us, which I'm quoting here from Gemara in Adiram Samach Bezim and Aleph, which says, Al-Tasem HaTaral, he's got El Bohem, that makes him a crown to become great. Okay, you're going to say that's only Lechatkhila, but the evidence okay. The Gemara goes on to Adrasha, which says, Right the model shatach lonishtamesh aval Kodesh kodish and asterkle chol Ne'akamina olam the shatzer used the mukhalal kelim of the base mitzvah was ne'akamina olam tavchomer amishtamesh pekishul tera So if you learn for the sake of kavad right you get wiped out of the world right no akhloshol nifra So you can't learn for right so that's not a safe that's not a safe philosophy either Right and in fact if you go through all this makurah Right, you'll discover that there are, right. There is an extreme which everyone agrees is bad, but once you get out of the realm of lish- and lishma, right. Everyone agrees that lishma is good. Everyone agrees that learning just for the sake of knocking other people out is bad. Everywhere in between, there's a machlokas. Everywhere between there's a machlokas, right? There's no, right, There's no kind. There's no kind of shalolishma that one rishon puts in category A as the good kind that you won't find some other I'm putting in category B. Yes. I, don't what is. I haven't defined Lishma. All I'm interested in defining is so Lishma. Oh. Seriously? Right. Well Lishma is you can read it by Lamb's book and you can debate it. Um, that's not in it seems to me that right one way to do it is process elimination, like right? That, in oh well so nobody has argued for example that uh, this to this to this right to this point, nobody has argued that learning so as to unify the kuchos brishko and shkinte, Yishlo lishma. So that might be Lishma. Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to do it that way? Because you want to be meachet the and shkinte. What else do you want to do in life? It's the whole purpose of creation, isn't it? So because you want to. Oh, you want you to keep on asking ultimate, ultimate purposes. You know, is it to fulfill God's will? I don't know the answer to that. I mean, <laughs> you have, you know, we can. Got... You know? Oh, I, I'm What I am at this point in this year, right? We. What Torah Lishma means is, right, is an independent issue. right? You're aware of, of the position attributed to Rav Chayim V'lazhin, right? That real Torah Lishma means learning Torah for its own sake. Okay? I'm not 100% sure that is actually the position of Rav Chaim Um And a separate share, which is on what Rav Salvechik really means in a malachic man, uh, what I can tell you just uh, as a clue um, and you can look at the website for. The, I think the miracle on this is is there. Um, is that if you um, the, at in the at the core of halachic man or Isha halacha is a quote from Rav Chaim at the end of which the Rav right the Rav says these are the words the above are the words of Rav Chaim they need no commentary, and the holy shalacha is built off that quote, and in that quote there are a couple of places where these little three dots. Okay, and it pays to look up. What the Rov left out. Uh, we'll, just leave, we'll just leave it at that. Right at that for now. Uh, it may uh, radically transform your image of both Rav Chaim and the Rov if you see what he left out. Uh, but uh, that's one definition of lishma. Another definition of lishma is just to um, is just in order to do. Right, balabatish. Right, learning lishma is so that you'll know what to do. Nobody said. Like like, Nobody ever said that's not lishma. Right, fine, right? We say not Lishma means learning not lawsuit. No, we said um right. Right. Nobody's ever argued with that. Right, that could still be Lishma, we don't know. Or it just kind of like Right. But nobody ever tells you <laughs> right, nobody ever tells you right what right. Nobody ever says the good kind of Lishma is learning at learning is learning to know what to do. Right? So I think those you know, the, the right of the competing images of what Lishma means, right? One is learning Torah for its own sake with no other purpose. And One is learning Torah, says to know what to do right gutal Talmud Shama de Mass right where Chazal sort of encapsulated the paradox right Aza man gutdel right Talmud Amasa, Talmud gut Shama de Mass right that was written by somebody with a sense of humor right because it ends right because it does right because it just right it just repeats the paradox um, and in general, people should have more appreciation of Chazal's sense of humor um, There are many many funny things in Chazal that are regrettably. Uh, regrettably, not um, not laughed at. Um, I guess an example for, example for me uh, is probably all of you have been subjected to very powerful mussar right? In which they say, right, if if the rishonim were malachim, then we're human beings, and if we're right, if they were human beings, we were dun- then, right, then we're donkeys, right? you have all heard that, right? Right. What's the line after that? And not like the donkey of Rabbi Pinchas Ben Yair. Right, and they go in and tell a story about the donkey of Pimpinella, <laughs> which was capable—not—it wasn't so smart. It was capable of distinguishing meistered and unmeistered, grains. And when it was stolen, it where wouldn't eat the grains because the robbers wouldn't take meister. Eventually, had to send it back. It's supposed to be funny. Uh, uh, <laughs> it has a mustard but it's supposed to be funny. Uh, anyway, I hope I haven't, you know, undone many years of of positive resolutions. <laughs> um, yeah. Nobody ever nobody ever at my mind in the, in this sugya, nobody ever challenges any of the standard definitions of Lishma except Ava and yura. right? There's that one radical notion of the tosus arush, right in the uh, right with the Rush, I think it is who claims that learning me alva samakum yuraso is not Lishma. Right? And that that is a fascinating claim. Right? That ava right that and yira, right, that's on the long sheet, that's source number seven I believe, right? Uh, yeah. Um. so right? So you have to see in, in contact with us talking about Shulish or not. It might be. But my recollection is that the Tosarash is. The is, um, is. possibly possibly means that, but not necessarily. Okay. Yes. Maybe have a good question. Not that I'm... So far as I'm working... Can I close the door? We'll keep the road inside if not. <laughs> okay. Uh, so far as I know, that source is the only... is the only explicit discussion of the question of learning, for, learning to avoid getting a job. No one explicitly argues and no one else takes it up. Yeah. Because basically you have all the baliatosis to it, right? So let's, let's understand what the baliatosis are doing, okay? It's important methodologically to understand what they're doing. They have a contradiction, okay? So what they do with the contradiction is they come up with one case, which definitely, right, to resolve the contradiction, they need to prove that there's at least one case which fits in category A and one case which fits in category B. If they were briskers, that would be utterly insufficient. They would have to formulate category A, right, so that you would have a rule which you, could then, right, which you could then use to derive in every new case whether it fit into Category A or Category B, right? and, a, and, a, and a formulation which would discover Category B. Right? If the Josephists were briskers, that's what they would do. But they weren't. They were Tosophists. Okay, So what they care about is solving a textual problem, which is I have a contradiction. The way to resolve the contradiction is to come up with one case that fits into either category. And that means, okay, that means that they can come up with the case Shlolishma A, which is the best kind of Shlolishma, and they can come up with Shlolishma B, which is the worst kind of solishma and leave you entirely in mystery, uh, entirely mystified as to what happens with all the other cases in between. Which one of them fall on which side of the line. Okay, so the right, so it might be that a Tosavist who says, A, right, A is to tear people down, and B is, right, and B is, sorry, A is, a, B is to tear people down, and A is... For love and fear of God, right? He might, right? That tostefus can hold whatever you want about love of reward and fear, right? Love of reward and fear of punishment, right? That could fit in category A and category B. He doesn't care. He's defining the extremes because that solves that resolves the contradiction. Okay, so it's very important to understand what tostefus do. Right? What tostefus do is they solve the problem, and they solve the problem by constructing a case. The attempt then, right? Now, if one were then to come along as a contemporary conceptualist, and say, aha, we can derive the entire notion of category A from Tosfes' case, and the entire notion of category B from Tosfes' case, to my mind, that would be intellectually mistaken. Because Tosfes wasn't trying to come up with the case, which is the paradigm from which all other cases in category A and B can be derived. He's trying to come up with a case. Okay, and it's a very important methodological claim, right, that I'm, that I'm making, if you understand it, right, is that, realizing that the tostifists are not speaking as briskers, and therefore the attempt to interpret them conceptually is not actually interpreting their intents. Whether it's legally legitimate or not is 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 a different question. Rav Lichtenstein has a fascinating distinction between the content and intent of the text. Um, right, which we could talk about at some other point, but it's very important to understand that right, the tos- the to- it's not that the Tosifists are really conceptual thinkers who seek to provide you, right, you, us, you know, those of you who are too concretely minded, with a case that serves as a metaphor for the whole category. All they need to do is to say, look, it's not, a, it's not an irresoluble textual contradiction, because we can find a case that fits into this and a case that fits into that. Okay? Good. But remember that I started this by saying that all the Tosafists, uh, the Tosafists, have however convincing you may find their specific distinctions religiously, okay, and however plausible you may find their specific distinctions in the texts, and we haven't been entirely fair because we haven't shown you the entire context of each of these texts. And really, there are four or five sugga which talk about good Shlulishma, and four or five go which talk about the bad and most of the Tosafists are not coming up with these distinctions out of whole cloth. What they're doing is saying, the context of one of the bad seems to imply X. That is talking about X. And the context of one of the good talks about Y. Okay, we can't do that here, but you should be aware that the tosophistic distinctions are not arbitrary. They're generally grounded in the context of at least one of these texts. And part of the reason that they offer different distinctions is that one of them maybe you're trying to resolve the contradiction between text right, between text number one in column A and text number one right and text number one in column B, and one of them may be tr- trying to resolve the contradiction between three and three. Right? So both distinctions are perfectly valid in right if you're trying to resolve those texts. But what I started off by saying was that each of these each of these texts run into a problem in turn if I'm right about the organizing metaphor. Because ultimately the Torah only has two descriptions of the tree in Gaedin. Okay, there aren't, right? right, there, isn't, right there isn't in Gaedin a tree that gives you a sort of life. Right, which is what we need, right? For category A. For, for, for that reason, I think, um, textually, but also because, we'll see in a moment, I have a very uh, great religious affinity for this. The approach which most appeals to me is that of Rechayim or Zeruah. Uh, Rechaim or Zerua, we should preface by saying this, I don't know very much about him, uh, but it seems to me that uh, from a number of encounters, um, and I think that Reb Lichlis and Rezun-Sweig have said this in their own way, uh, Rechaim or Zerua is, unlike the Tosafists, sort of a brisker. Uh, what that means is that um, he is willing to take statements to their extreme, regardless of practical consequences. Best example of this is Rechaim seems to really believe that students in yeshiva are puter from all mitzvah to say. Because end discussion. Okay? <laughs> he really seems to believe this. If you're really, you know, if you're just learning Torah as such, then you're not Torah that's one thing. But if you're really Torah then you're patr from all mitzvah to say because you're engaged. Right Rezor is willing to say things like that. Okay, so here, we have an uh, the Fire has a long tshuva on a topic that doesn't matter to us in the slightest, for the purpose of this year. But you can tell, at the end of it, it seems that um, there was this vort about Shalol Ishma that he always wanted to say. And this was his chance to say it. Right? His, the Shalol Ishma, this is source number 5 or 14, depending which person you have. Is he a contemporary of... Uh, yeah. You know, the late Balei Um... Right, so the, so Rukhaim or so I'm skipping source number three real quick. says the following. The Shalolishma, Hoyil Vasili Yadan, Since we found some reason to mention Shalolishma in the context of this other tshuva, let's talk about it. It says, Ki Rabbein Atam Omer, right, he attributes all the Toistic distinctions to Rabbein right, and probably Rabbein was the first one who made the and, right, and, right, that there were many of them afterwards doesn't matter to us. Tam says, Shnein There are two kinds of shlo lishma. Chad Asir, one of them is prohibited. The shari, and one of them is permitted. V'ani had pa'ut, but I the ordinary and, and insignificant, Omer, I say, the whole shlolishma khadhu. There's only one kind of shlolishma. The khulama veira. And all of them are sinful. Okay, but he knows the Gemara as well as we do, right? What do we do with mitok Holishma balishma? Right? So he says, ach osa avera hutra, but that avera becomes permitted shesofa lovo day mitzvah because it will eventually lead to a mitzvah. kimo, matili shamei narah ametakech galba Shabbos. Examples are saving a woman from drowning in a river on Shabbos, right? Which you know the Mishnah encourages. Uh, right, because the chassid is right is the one who, right, who is concerned about issues of Nagia in the face of bekuach nefesh, um, and uh, and right and, on, and uh, violating the various prohibitions of Shabbos involved in, right, in clearing a, a, wreck, a re- clearing wreckage in order to find somebody. So Chayyuzaros says that learning shlo lishma is that kind of thing. Right, it's something which is intrinsically an in avera, but which becomes mutter because of its consequences. Okay, now he says, Okay, so let's um, let's go back to source number 13 on the long sheet, and I'll read it to you those who don't. We're fine with that. Why? Okay, because Balak brought his 42 korbanos in order to wipe out the Jews. But in the end, Balak's forty-two lead to Rus. Now we don't tend to see Balak as a hero of Jewish history, um, right? So that's a right. So the Gemara's comparison there, Shlulishma, right, really supports Rechaim Razeru's claim that it really is an avera, right? Because Balak, right, Balak is beyond doubt, right? If right, what what Rechaim is arguing textually, right, is we said that Le cholakanter, that's bad Shlulishma, right? But here. In Nazir, the Gemara compares right, the, the kind of good sholishma, that's Mitoch balishma, to the 42 kabanas of Balak, which were brought so as to be able to curse the Jews. Right? So Rechaim Ar-Zeruah says, how can you claim that Lekapeach is not the kind of sholishma that's balishma, if the Gemara says that the kabanas of Balak right, are, right, are the sholishma that brings to the Shema? Furthermore, he says that in the context of that Gemara, it talks about it in the, as the, right, parallel to the story of Ya'el, right, who, according to the Gemara, sleeps with Sisra, so as to weaken him, so she can stick the pentag into his head, which for some reason is seen as a meritorious act which saves the Jews, even though the battle was already over. That's, right, that's a nach problem to figure out, right, why, why killing the enemy general after you've already routed the army is uh, an act of piquot and after Um, okay. Um, uh, right, so, right, so, Kainworth Ruh says, there's only one kind of shlo and it's always an avera, but that avera becomes permitted, because it will lead you to the mitzvah, but then it goes on to say, aval mi or pol the olam lo mitzvah, but somebody who stiffens their, stiffens their neck, so that they will never actually do the mitzvah, noach lo shlo Better for such a person not to have been created. Okay. So, Here's what I want to take out of or Ruzerah. There is a vision of halacha, which says that the reason that we live as halachic Jews is because we wish to be safe, right? Uh, right? We wish to know in advance, right, whether our actions are approved by God or disapproved by God. And if right, and so God, and right, and so we construct this giant rule book. And the purpose of this rule book is so that we can consult the rule book at any time, so that we know in advance of any particular action, whether it is, right, whether it is um, desired by God or not desired by God, and that way at the close of our life, we can be absolutely sure, um, right, what the outcome of our life is. We will not be in the position of, say, Rebbe Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rebbe Yochanan ben Zakkai, right, at the end of his life wasn't sure whether he was going upward or downward, right, we right, will be in the position of knowing that we're going up. Okay? That's, right, that is a vision of halach. Uh, On the other hand, um, what Rechaim Rechaim Orzerua says is that ultimately, if we take Talmud Torah as perhaps the central act of religious life, but the truth is this applies to everything, right? the, right, the The central element of religious life is to do mitzvot, and particularly to learn. But none of us ever have pure motives, Right? No one can ever be sure that they're engaging in that they're engaging in mitzvah for the proper for the proper reasons. Right? Certainly not the ultimate reasons that no one disagrees with, right? Ultimately at some point people engage right, people are going to engage in mitzvah at least for Avatskhar and Yuri Onesh. Right? So Khaim Razaru says that ultimately, really, every religious act is a risk. Right? Every religious act is a risk of your soul. Right? Because if you engage in a religious act in particularly in the act of Talmud Torah, right, you could be, right, right that, that, that very act which is the center of your religious life could be the cause of your destruction. And furthermore, he says, right, if you think about it, we all know that nobody starts, right, even those of us, perhaps, who have reached the Madriga in which we are now always learning Lishma. But nobody has bar bat mitzvah learning Lishma. Right? Um, right? And certainly when we teach our students, right, we can't presume that all of our students are learning, right, are learning Lishma. Right, people need to grow up. Right, and most of them will never get there. Ultimately, the Shema. So Rechaim Razarus says that ultimately, religious ultimately religious life is a profoundly dangerous risk-taking activity. There is no right. There is no way, right, to be secure in advance of an action. To know whether right. To know whether it's what God wants or doesn't want. You have to do the acts that God wants in the hopes that eventually you'll do them for the right reason. Okay, that's point one. Point two, uh, Reich, that this is specifically true of Talmud Torah. Now why is it that we care so much about Talmud Torah being lishma or not lishma? So I want to suggest, um, Reich, and this, this I would say, this is, here it's my chodesh and leaving the text, um, that, the, that the character and purpose of learning Talmud Torah cannot avoid affecting its content. Yeah, right? it's not possible. To, right? it's not possible that learning Torah, right, that learning Torah lishma, learning Torah will yield, right, will yield the same Torah, right? Because Torah isn't just a product of a mind, right? All of us are modern enough to know that texts are affected by the subjectivity of the reader, um, right? And therefore, the reason that we care so much about lishma in the realm of Talmud Torah is because Torah learned shlo Right, it's not just bad for you; it distorts Torah, and that affects everybody else who's trying to live their life safely. Right, right. Because if you make right, if you make your decisions in Torah, because right, because you want to let's say be firmer than the other person, right, 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 right? Uh, or because you want to be great, right. So you get, right. So you, right, you teach the Torah that will make you popular and respected, as opposed to the Torah, right? as, as opposed to the Torah that you believe is true. Or you learn Torah because you, right, or you take the safe way out in Torah because you're afraid, right, because you're afraid, because of Abetzhar and Yeruz Right? All of those ways, right, or you give the decisions in Torah that will enable, that will let people keep supporting you so you can learn instead of getting a job. Right? All those, right, all those approaches, right, are going to change what Torah is. And therefore, learning Torah, shalolishma is destructive not just to your individual neshama. It's destructive to Torah as a whole. Right? But at the same time, right, um, the goal can't be to scare everybody away from doing it. Right? So Chaim Zarua says that ultimately the personality the right the personality the religious true has to be the personality of someone who's willing to take chances. Um, right? In um, in Yeshivish they used to in Yeshivas they used to talk about the four people who never sinned. Right, you all know the four people who never sinned? Benjamin, Yusha, Kilov? Right, the point is right. So, it, what of the old masters in yeshiva used to be? Yeah, nobody. Predict, right, people who never amounted to anything. Right, uh, Right, you know, they're not leaders and not marigim. Right, because people who never take chances. Uh, right, don't become. Right, don't become a nigai yisroel. Uh, they might have great children. Um, okay. Right. So I want. Right, so what I want to claim. Right. Is that what one should learn from R' or Zeruah, Right. Is number one. Right. Is the notion that. The purpose of halacha and the purpose of learning is not to keep you safe. The purpose is to make you grow, um, right? And that one has, right? As one learns, one has to be continually aware that one's learning is not just, right? Is not just taking Torah into oneself. It's also putting oneself into Torah. Okay. So, and I can end briefly with a commercial. Uh, the slogan for my summer program is called "Taking Responsibility for Torah." And the purpose of the program is to uh, is to teach you the, um, how right how what you are legitimately affects Torah, and to right and to understand right the way right to understand the way in which Torah is legitimately affected by your neshama and the way your neshama and your Torah have to grow together. Um, the way it does that is by right is by having all learning be oriented towards writing vote where you actually have to take responsibility for the real world consequences of your decisions and you'll discover right when you're confronted with real decisions that you'll discover how much all these issues right about being loved being respected being better being better than the other person making a living right all those all those factors which in the beit midrash may not seem so real if you actually have to make decisions all come out for real um, the, the the claim i make and i think it's it's a not uh, unjustified claim is that it's an experience of Torah that is like nothing else in the world. Um, that it changes your whole relationship to Torah and Halacha in ways that no other form of learning does. Um, and that if you have aspirations for being a leader in Qal Yisrael, this is about as good a preparation as you can get. Um, so I hope that, uh, at the very least, I hope that this year is uh, provoked thought, that uh, some of you will be inspired to at least begin a, a, a serious correspondence uh, of Torah or look at the website and study the Torah. And at best, that uh, you'll come learn with me, and that way my shul lishnah will be b'lishnah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. you have a question for me? Yeah? Does any of the application of this change because as women we are not obligated to learn Torah? Does, Does any of the obligation of this change because as women we are not obligated to learn Torah? Hmm. Okay,